Right, hello, welcome to the Owl and Badger podcast. This is episode 10. We've managed to make it into double digits. and We're not quite on uh, one podcast a week as we were hoping to, but um, we're doing better than one podcast a month. So anyway, my name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen and we are two Christians who are looking at what's happening in the world and trying to make sense of it from a biblical world view and we want um, our discussions to hopefully encourage those who listen to think things through for themselves and look at it through the lens of what the Bible says. So uh, in this episode 10 we are considering the whole topic of media and truth and as ever we're not going to be able to cover everything we want to cover, we're, we're going to touch on some interesting things I hope and uh, yeah I want to start with this this quote which um, some of you may have heard, but it seems very apt for the time in which we live. And it says this, The news used to tell you that something happened. Then you had to decide what you thought about it. Now the news tells you how to think about something and you have to decide if it even happened. And I think that sums up quite well where we are with... um, much of the news we get today. What do you reckon, Helen? Yeah, I think I think that's very true. Um, I always thought, certainly when I was younger, that the news was just full of facts, that it was just, that's exactly what's happened. Watch the news and it tells you exactly what's going on in the world. Yeah. I'm not so sure anymore. Yeah, it seems to be doing something different to that. Um, and I think, I, yeah, I think news is very... Um, it seems to be wanting to pull at the emotions often, doesn't it? Which partly you can understand because that's one of the things that makes us tick. But it's all linked in with this whole thing of, you know, when when you watch a sporting event and at the end of the sporting event, they'll go and interview either the winning team or the, the athlete who's just run 100 metres in under 10 seconds or whatever it is. And they'll go like, you know, how does this make you feel? And it's like, really? I I don't think, I, you know, of course it's going to make you feel well. What a, what a crazy question. We want to know, you know, what did you what did you do to win this? What particular tactics, tactics did you do? All this kind of thing. So the point being that it kind of we, we're kind of hardwired news-wise to think about feelings and emotions. And this has found its way into the news, I think. Do you reckon? Um, yeah, I, I think so, definitely. I think... It's partly maybe more so with the televised news because it's visual, isn't it? Yeah. So sometimes it does feel almost there's there's even the music because that's very important in filmmaking, isn't it? The music. Sometimes you'll even hear um, music or, or, you know, sound that goes with it, which is emotive. Um, and some of the imagery can be obviously it can be very emotive, but. I think there's ways of doing things that tug on the heartstrings more or yeah. make you feel a particular way. Yeah, I, I think what we're, what, what we're kind of getting at here is is just pointing out the difference between telling you that something has happened, i.e. news, versus telling you what you should think or feel about the thing that's happened. And we tend to have much more now of the 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 latter of being told what to think or to feel about something rather than just being told what's happened and then you know what I think 
we're able to make up our own minds about that. And this has become, I mean, it's been the case for a long time now, but the last two and a bit years, it's really come to the fore, hasn't it? Because we've seen a very one-sided um, view presented by media, which again focuses on on feelings, what you should think about something, and really it's going after reinforcing a particular narrative, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's the danger, isn't it? I think you know the job of the media is to probe and to question and explore different narratives to air a range of voices and opinions to to try and tease out the truth yeah and to help the public to get a full picture of what's going on in the world yeah yeah and and i think this is this is this is so key for us as we try to understand the world we're in and often when we're not actually um experiencing the particular thing on the news ourselves so you're having to take somebody else's word for it so actually being told what's happening is really important that that's actually truthful um so yeah i mean thinking about there's a lot of dangers here isn't there in terms of 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 what what can happen when news is is not um presented as actual facts and truth instead it's presented as something that you should feel or or a particular way that you should think and i know for you helen you know agriculture is a, a a big a big thing for you and you know a lot about it um and you can probably tell when there's a lack of expertise on something in terms of how something's been reported yeah i think i i might be wrong but i think there's a term for this or someone came up with a, a term for this that this um this thing that happens when you know a lot about a particular subject and then you see what um, journalists or what particular parts of the media have to say about that subject and you realise, oh my goodness, that's so far from the truth or that's so skewed or so one-sided because I know a lot about that subject. Mm. Therefore, I should think well, what about those subjects that I don't know very much about at all? Yes. Perhaps it's the same in those areas as well. Yeah. And when you speak to different people who do know a lot about particular subjects, it's interesting how often you hear them saying the same things as I have said. When when I started, I had to be involved with the media a fair bit in my job quite um, a few years ago now. But that's when I started to think, oh, the things I read or hear on the news about this subject that I know quite a lot about are very often really quite inaccurate and mm. sometimes absolutely false. Yeah, yeah. And that made me think, what about the things I don't know very much about? And it made me start to question everything that I hear really and think, well, I better have a look for myself yes. and see what other voices there are. And let's have a look particularly at who are the people who really should know what they're talking about. Yeah, and, and that's certainly what has come to the fore from the whole, you know, COVID situation has been a, a very one-sided viewpoint that um, most of the, the media have fallen into line with. And as the kind of dust is settling, it, it, up to a point at least at the moment, it's 
you can look back and see actually well people were very economical with with the truth and and were wanting to suppress um facts and wanting to suppress um any questioning of the kind of accepted narrative and uh, it it comes at a tremendous cost sadly um and i think as christians this is really important because we want to be able to be um, praying into things and we want to be able to do that effectively and well, bringing, you know, situations that we're in before God. But but when we're relying on media, you can't sadly believe everything you hear. No, I think I think you're right. The last two years um, has been really quite an extreme example of this. Um, and it was from the very beginning, I and mean, it's two years ago when we were plunged into lockdown, wasn't it? It was, two years ago yeah, two years, week, that's right, yeah. It was, a 23rd, um, was it 23rd of March or 23rd something? 23rd of March, I think it was, was that, yeah. Is that right, yeah. yeah. Um, and very, well, from that night on, there were these televised briefings, weren't there? Prime yes. Minister's briefings, or <laughs> the SAGE, various SAGE members, Um and it was interesting seeing or listening to the questioning and and journalists didn't seem to be questioning very much at all, apart from, well, why aren't you doing more? Why aren't we looking down? You know, why didn't we lock down earlier? Why, why are we not yes. having more res- restrictions? There didn't seem to be any questioning the other way. Um, yeah. I only, I only realised fairly recently that... Um, that Ofcom, right at the beginning, um, there was a, a statement they put out to all all broadcasters, uh, all the media that they oversee or whatever, um, warning them of sanctions if their material had the potential for significant harms to audiences related to the coronavirus. Um, and that included things relating to health claims, medical advice, or material deemed inaccurate or misleading in relation to the virus or public policy. And, um, you know, perhaps that explains why we saw journalists not really questioning very much, um, going along with the Mm. accepted narrative from the government. And um, that that's really most of what we heard yeah it was and we weren't we weren't in a i don't think we were in a particularly great place before the covid thing happened because we'd already had a, seen a gradual erosion of values and principles over a long period of time as you look at things like identity politics you could pick many things or you know trans activism the way free speech is suppressed um, we talk a lot about cancel culture at the moment. Hear a lot about that and that in the that in the, that in the news. Mainly questioning if actually cancel culture is a thing, which is kind of ironic. Um, but yeah, it, we weren't in a we weren't exactly in a great place at the beginning of 2020 to be, um, you know, on our guard against all this all this kind of thing. But I think there's so much there's so many strands we could we could pick on here what we want to try and do is is focus in on a few particular things that can be helpful and helen and i have often talked about um the bbc and we i guess single the bbc out sometimes because it's it's a state broadcaster 
in this country, in the United Kingdom. And it's also very large and has a very wide reach. And still many people regard it as, as a source of reliable factual information. And on some things, it is, like the results of a sports game, for example. Um, but in terms of issues of real significance, such as COVID or the situation that we're currently finding with Ukraine or other matters as well, it, it's less reliable. And I think it's it's worth looking at what the you know what the mission of the BBC is and the mission of the BBC is stated as being to act in the public interest serving all audiences through the provision of impartial high quality and distinctive output and services which inform educate and entertain and i think that's a very noble mission actually and it's a very good mission but sadly the BBC in our opinion, falls way short of that. Um, yeah, what what are your thoughts there, Helen? Um, yeah, well, I, I agree, and I think increasingly so, and it's, it's such a shame because, like you say, and I think particularly the older generation, um, you know, grown up with the BBC as, as the, the one to listen to, the one that's respected, the source of news, to trust um and sadly i i think it's lost its way a bit it has it has lost its way but the the thing is it's been very subtle and it's happened over a long long period of time and with with these type of situations it's very difficult to see and to perceive the move when you're in the middle of it but it's when you look back you actually start to see how how much something has changed so i mean now for example in on the bbc and you'll see this on other websites as well it's not just the bbc you'll you'll hear about fact checking won't you say so like well we'll, we'll fact check this and it's like okay mm-hmm. and that's meant to be a reassuring element to try and give the idea that um this piece of news is true or not true as the case may be and try and be reassuring to people but the problem with it is is that you know who decides who decides the fact checkers what motives do they have what fits the overall narrative um and you start to enter this rather murky dangerous world which is the reality of the one we live in. And yeah. this is, you know, BBC is a big player in this, isn't it? It is, and increasingly so. And I think its reach is is far beyond what most people realise, actually. Yeah, yeah. And they've got, um, got something in BBC called the Trusted News Initiative. And um, this is a group of um, media... Uh, agencies which worked together um, to ensure that um, news is legitimate um, and to um, ensure that there is the least amount of misinformation going out as possible. And again, you think, okay, 
this sounds like a good idea insofar as you want to um, reduce misinformation but even even the, the the word misinformation is coined in such a way as to plant the seed that anything that comes outside of your in quotes trusted news outlets could potentially be misinformation but who decides that who decides what misinformation is is it just yeah. because it doesn't fit your narrative does that make it misinformation or is the fact that it's actually incorrect i mean the fact it's actually incorrect should make it misinformation but i think it's again it's a murkier thing isn't it and it's it worked and and yeah that's over the last two years with with the um covid so-called misinformation that that's been the problem hasn't it when when you're talking about issues around science well if if you say well these particular scientists the government scientists and what they say that's what we're going to use as our uh test of what is fact so mm. what they say that's you know that's correct therefore if anyone says anything different or that questions that therefore it's misinformation which is why it led to eminent scientists time and time again being either ignored by the bbc or interviewed and dismissed and not listened to properly yeah. because they were saying something different or contrary um or questioning what those uh government experts had said yes and they were yeah. dis dismissed as you know peddling misinformation or conspiracy theorists or, or whatever but they're scientists who are giving their informed opinion which may not agree with an, what another scientist says that doesn't mean it's misinformation but that that's that's science though isn't it is to is to keep questioning things and keep keep, keep challenging and keep Absolutely, pushing to see it? what breaks in order to find the truth which yeah, is kind of the opposite of what happened exactly the idea that there is the science like a set Follow established finalized thing it just it doesn't make any sense anyone who understands anything about science knows that there's no such thing as the science it's a constantly moving target it's it's something that you're constantly forming hypotheses and testing you know whether these stand up or, or don't and so opinions differ opinions change yeah so there's no thing as the science exactly have you have you seen have you seen the film nacho libra no you haven't oh it's got jack black in it no. and it's like some it's kind of mexican wrestling thing and he meets this mexican mexican dude and um jack jack black's character is in a he's in he's like a monk so he's he's believes in god and he, he goes and sees this mexican dude to try and help him you know become a wrestler and he's saying to him jack black saying to him do you believe you know do you believe in god and this guy goes i believe in science <laughs> so that's stuck in my head now um and then ironically as the film goes on he he believes in god um so um maybe maybe there that means there is there is hope for us and of course there is hope for us we we both know that yeah. there's a hope ultimately but hope is not found in science that is a certainty um although it can help to sometimes explain things which is a means of god's grace but yes i'm totally with you on that it's it is um 
it's just crazy when you look back to think how how proper robust questioning and investigation mm. investigative journalism was completely absent in the mainstream over the last two years with covid and it's uh, well the truth will come out over time and it, i think much of it will be quite sad but but mm. whether we can learn from it or not i don't know but i mean going back to this trusted news initiative um which is um a BBC run thing um, and it's worth actually noting the BBC charter which says to provide impartial news and information to help people understand and engage with the world around them again the BBC like using this word impartial don't they and I think very much that's how they want to see themselves that's more importantly how they want us to see them and the fact that they use the word is reinforcing how they want us to see them it's not actually enforcing how they are um, and the you look at the partners currently within the Trusted News Initiative, Associated Press, AFP, the BBC, obviously CBBC. Um, it, that's in um, uh, uh, Canada. Uh, European Broadcasting Union, Facebook, Financial Times, First Draft, Google, YouTube, Reuters, The Hindu, Microsoft, Washington Post, Twitter. I mean... There it is, shows it's international. It, it is. The reach of the BBC it, and the power. I'm afraid that this is another power structure, isn't it? It is. Um, it is. And, and it is quite it, extensive. It, it, and it, and, it's, and it, sh it is deeply concerning and should be deeply concerning. And when you link that with the online safety bill thing that's, that's going on at the moment, it's, um, it doesn't... <laughs> It's not a rosy picture, is it? Because um, yeah. uh, Tim Davey from, from the BBC um, tells us that uh, trusted news initiative partners will alert each other to disinformation. Again, who decides what disinformation is? Clearly, I think they do. Which poses an immediate threat to life. So content can be reviewed promptly by platforms whilst publishers ensure they don't unwittingly republish dangerous falsehoods. Well, who gets to decide what a dangerous falsehood is? Is it, is it the science? Is it scientists? Because that clearly didn't happen, did it, in the last two years? Because it was only one, one section of the scientific community. The whole other section was completely unheard. So yeah, it's um, it's not it's not ideal. Let's be honest. And I think history tells us that if you have only one person giving you all the information or one body giving you all the information you need that's not a that's not a great thing no no and sometimes it is actually it's important to hear what people are saying even if they it might not have very nice things to say or they may be quite wrong but it's only by hearing those things that you can then weigh up both sides or mm. you know, it's not always two sides sometimes there are three or four different yeah to a situation aren't there so i mean for example i'm quite uncomfortable with the way that um the various news agencies russian news agencies have just been silenced that we're not allowed to hear what they're saying well why not what why are we not allowed to hear mm. Well, it's because it's, it's misinformation, Helen. That's why it's be, we've been we've been told that it's it's um, it's misinformation. 
in, well, there's this I mean, oversimplification, isn't there, that, that there's one thing that's completely right, one thing that's completely wrong, and therefore you mustn't hear anything of that side that's completely wrong. Um, well, life is often a little bit more grey than it, that, isn't it? It is, and, and, you, and you've hit the nail on the head insofar as there are kind of not only two sides, there's multiple sides often to, to a problem, and it's nuanced, and this is where again as christians we can ask god for wisdom and we can apply hopefully biblical wisdom to what we hear and interpret what we hear through what the bible says and this is so important as christians to do this we that I think we mentioned it before you know you know spurgeon the great preacher um charles spurgeon you know he used to say you have the bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other and, and, you know, the, the gospel is relevant to the age in which we live. In fact, it's probably more relevant now than ever. Um, and we've, you know, we've got to do that as Christians. And it's, it's exciting because it reminds us that the Bible's true, that God is real, that Jesus is coming back. And that's how we're to view the world around us. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is, it is concerning. And I think, I think, it's you know the trusted news in this initiative is only one example that we, that we've picked on, but it is significant simply because of the size of the BBC and often, uh, and sorry, the partners that they have are significant as well. I mean, once you start adding Google, Facebook, and Twitter into the mix, well, I mean, <laughs> that's a well, big chunk, yeah, isn't it? Exactly, and to have them, you know, on mass and being under this umbrella of the trusted news initiative well that's implying that everything that they have to say or everything it can be trusted mm. well maybe it can't maybe some of it it can and maybe some of it can't yeah yeah but it's it should be news should be given and we decide then how to interpret that in the context of the world in which we live, rather than being told how to interpret that. I mean, I'm I'm still struck by how quickly we went from COVID to Ukraine. I mean, it literally was no more than 48 hours. Just like, weird. It was weird, very weird. bizarre. And and you know the new uh, and clap for carers has been replaced by fly Ukrainian flag. And it's like, well, mm. we're not. Ukrainians we're not in Ukraine it's an awful situation but take a step back and think okay what is happening here what why why do why why are we feeling this way and I think largely we're feeling this way because we're being led to feel that way and mm. the fact that we're being led to feel that way should ring an alarm bell it should cause us to think, hold on, are we being manipulated again? Mm. Because we certainly well, I was, were in COVID and we have been for years before yeah. that as well. Yeah. I've just been writing about what what's happened over the last two years and, and the active promoting of fear, which, um, which the government did and the media played its role in almost like the public relations arm of the government yeah. in, in spreading that fear and how how destructive that has been um and and it's 
it's really sad. And and then I was listening today about um, it's nothing new, but it's tragic and and awful what what's happening in Yemen, mm. and we're told next to nothing about it. It's been going on for years, and it's absolutely horrific. So why why is that? Why why are we not being told? And yet why suddenly all the attention obviously is on Ukraine at the moment, but it's like we've forgotten about the other terrible conflicts going on in the world. Yeah. There's no balance, is there? It's like, let's focus everything on one thing. So we've been obsessed with COVID and not really been told very much about anything else going on in the world for two years. And like you say, overnight, it switched to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. And, and there are tragically many things in the world that the Yemen, which is significantly one of them, um, where we simply don't don't hear about it. We don't don't know what's don't know what's going on. So yeah, I mean the question is why why is that? Um, I suppose I suppose you could argue well, Ukraine is 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 closer to home geographically. Um, I was going to say, you know, possibly culturally, but but getting closer at least a little bit, um, and historically, I suppose the 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 enemy has always been perceived as Russia, hasn't it? You know, I mean, we we both grew up in the when the Cold War was still still raging, and um, you know, the CCCP, Soviet Union, was was the was enemy number one, um, and. So yeah, I guess it's built into our way of thinking in in the West. But it it, it is it is very odd how it, we simply move from one thing to to another, um, and it, it, we just we just seem to have suspended our ability to again to think critically. And you know, we're, we're not saying <laughs> we're not saying, by the way, that oh, Putin's Putin's the good guy here and uh, and Zelensky's a bad guy we're not saying that I think actually what I would say is I, I, I don't think there are any good guys actually no, and I, I don't I'd include us either. in that I'd include us yeah, in that I would um, yeah. I, and the, this idea that, that that there's goodies and baddies is, is frankly ridiculous and it's also you know ridiculous from a biblical point of view because the Bible makes it clear all have sinned fallen short of the glory of God you know outside of Jesus we're all under God's wrath you know there are no sadly there are no good guys unless you are in Christ and yeah so that again it kind of drives us back home to these truths and but this is a difficult one for us to swallow in the west because we're used to being the good guys we're used to mm. growing up with this aren't we yeah and yeah that communism was horrendous it really was and still is in places like north korea um Actually, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about North Korea on through um, open doors, we found out, you know, church was um, was found in, in North Korea and the um, the adults were sent off to camps and the children taken away. And this was a church who were meeting together under that kind of pressure. And you look back over the last two years and you think... We did what? 
you're pathetic, aren't we? You know, it's like, yeah, we could learn so, so much and I need to learn so much from these guys. But yeah, so yeah, it's, um, it's, I guess it's perspective, isn't it? Um, Yeah, so what about, yeah, in terms of mainstream media, I guess our encouragement and our, um, yeah, our encouragement really would be to just broaden your range of options when it comes to informing yourself about world events um, because I don't nobody's going to get it completely right we're not suggesting for a minute that that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the ideal news source because that's just impossible um, but but I think if 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 we if we just rely on mainstream media like BBC or um, you know the newspapers doesn't matter which political persuasion it's all the same thing then for key world events we're not going to be informed as well as we could be. Yeah, I think I think that's right. It's it's difficult, isn't it? It's it's having um sometimes having the time to do that, uh, knowing where to look. Um I think sometimes trying to find other voices, particularly voices of people who like I said before, who've got particular expertise. So, for example, with what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, I've been trying to listen to people who are from both of those countries, um, people who've lived there, worked there, to see what they have to say, people who understand the history better than I do. Um, And that's very informative and Mm. very instructive. And I think that helps to build up a better picture um, because, as we said before, it's a complicated situation. It is. It, 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 is, it, is, a, it is a complicated um, situation. But, yeah, it, and it, it's just accepting, I think, isn't it, that, that the world around us is nuanced. Um, there's no straightforward answers outside of the fundamental truth that that rescue is only found through Jesus Christ. I think every you know everything <laughs> that's the core thing isn't it which you say this is true and this is this is right um but yeah it's it it is it is difficult it is difficult but but at the same time and I think well, I'm just thinking this through really you I think now there'll be maybe I'm sure some of you listening to this won't will, might be thinking well you know I don't have time to listen to to lots of different news I don't have time to go and um, delve into different websites or Twitter feeds or whatever to to get a broad picture on on something and I completely under, understand that um, so in that instance I think just just at least filtering what you hear with the possibility that it might not be the whole picture mm. and at least thinking well actually I'll, I'll take this one with a pinch of salt and perhaps next time I'll I'll choose an alternative news source and see what they say about it so it's not necessarily taking up much more of your time but just being aware that actually <clears throat> excuse me actually there are you know different viewpoints and it's important to bear that in mind yeah yeah, definitely. And I think also 
just bearing in mind that um, just because leaders in the West say something, it, it might not be true. Or, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they may not be telling the whole truth. Um, you know, for example, recently the the issue of the bio labs in Ukraine. Oh no, 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 there aren't any. There aren't aren't any. And then, oh well, yeah, maybe there are some. And so it's like, well, that, that was an eye opener. That one. Yeah. It really was. Wowzers! That was. Cause... So, so, what? What? Beca- what as someone said recently, you know, what was yesterday's conspiracy theories becomes today's fact. Yeah. So quite often, and that's what we've seen happen over these last two years, like the whole lab leak. Oh, no, you know, it's a ridiculous conspiracy theory, mm. the origins of Yeah, because Donald Trump said it. He didn't know why he, I don't, he, he wasn't the first to say it, but he was very public figure to to announce it and he was it was yeah, derided so course, because he said it not because yeah, it was true or not <laughs> got to be nonsense exactly um and and now it's pretty much established that's the mainstream you know yep okay well it leaked from a lab or yeah okay. yeah so and and the and the bio the bio lab in thing in ukraine is significant because it you it's um a bulgarian journalist um who we can link to? Oh, that amazing lady in the show notes, and she she yeah. um, was taking politicians to task on this back in 2018, and yeah. they were just just blanking her out, and now they've done an about face, and you know what? They're now saying yes, there are labs there, but they're not labs that that do dangerous things. It's like okay, right? But we're yes. quite worried. The nose is getting longer. <laughs> Pardon? So what is? Well, they say they're worried, aren't they, that they could get into Russian hands. Well, it's if, like, not, well, if it's not dangerous, then what's, what's the problem? Them? Yeah, I know. Exactly. It, it, the whole thing is, is slightly suspect. But, but that, that's, that's a great example. Another one, actually more recently, although that is very recent, actually, I should say, but more recent one from the beginning was there was um, an island, Snake Island, I think it was called, in, in, the, in the Black Sea, where you, Ukrainians had an outpost, and it was reported that um, a Russian warship decided that they were going to... Uh, they wanted the men on the island to surrender. Uh, if they didn't, they'd blow them up or something like that. And the men oh, yes. over the radio swore at the ship, and that was last everybody heard of them. So in all our, all our mainstream media... In this country, it was reported as, and then they were dead, and then they died. Ironically, you go to RT.com the same day, the same story was reported, but they'd been taken prisoner. Mm. They'd surrendered, and they'd been taken prisoner, and they were alive. So then you think, oh, okay, well, this is the Russians showing that actually they're just spinning it again. And actually, the RT story was the right story, and what had been reported on our mainstream media in this country and other countries as well was incorrect so i mean that's just that's just one example of of many but um yeah the biolabs one is 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 an important one so it's it's a minefield isn't it so the key thing is not to kind of get um <coughs> excuse me get worried about it but just to consider when you hear something to think mm, okay this this that's interesting but that might not actually be true um so i guess we want to finish on a um on a high point don't we about 
why truth is important and we want to bring this back to what the what the bible says so what do you reckon helen yeah i've got a um couple of little passages that i think are relevant um one i've been reading recently which which i love talking about wisdom and folly in ecclesiastes um it says words from a wise man's mouth are gracious but a fool is consumed by his own lips. At the beginning, his words are folly. At the end, they are wicked madness. And the fool multiplies words. Wow. That's, that's a good reminder, isn't it? It's easy to yeah, let, let things come out of the mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and rejecting God's wisdom will, in the end ridicule us and ultimately leads to ruin and i think that's something um that we have a real problem with in the west i think we've we've disregarded thrown out god really Mm. and we've forgotten that actually everything really that our western civilization was built on um came from christianity yes yeah and we are in danger of throwing out everything that the things we take for granted are built on yeah yeah and um, it and, and and that's now starting to show in our culture i think in so many different really ways unraveling. as a yeah and it is unraveling yeah. sadly but yeah big time um got any more verses there so. um yeah i've got another one here from john chapter eight if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. And that and Jesus is the truth, isn't he? That's where yeah. truth is found in him. And I'm reminded as well about, you know, when, when we're to, to love each other, um, about you know, how love is patient and kind. Um, but it also mentions about, we love you know truth is involved in that as well we love what's true um so i think in all aspects truth is so important it's so important to remember that that truth is a godly thing and it's a good thing and it's something to be sought and held on to um as much as we are able to and with regarding um prayer because there's a lot of lot of prayer going on now which is is really good and we need to be praying we need to be praying for the situation in ukraine obviously we need to be praying for brothers and sisters there christians who are facing really difficult situations um for their um, safety and boldness but i'm i'm reminded over these last few weeks about how how i guess stories can come our way through things like particularly social media facebook whatsapp messages and the slightly outlandish kind of prayer requests like a kind of for want of a better word a spam prayer request do you know you get these mm-hmm. get these ones and i think as christians we've got to watch out for those kind of things um where you know, there was there was one talking about 
praying because they knew that the Russian special forces was going to strike that night. It's like, well, how on earth, how on earth would would somebody know that the Russian equivalent of the SAS were going to strike that night? I mean, they're not they're not very good special forces, first of all, if if they're making their plans known. And 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 no. this this particular WhatsApp had been doing the rounds for quite a few days by that point. And we've got ourselves into such a frenzy over this that anything that comes in regarding Ukraine and particularly that highlights the, you know, Ukrainian narrative is got to be true and therefore we're going to pray about it. And it's like, well, no, it, it probably might not be true, actually. And in this case, it certainly wasn't. Um, so if we're going to pray and we should be praying, it's worth bearing in mind how we should be praying and what for and certainly yeah be careful with things that you get forwarded to you on whatsapp or see on a facebook thread or something like that Mm. yeah well if in doubt i think there's there is such a thing as praying wisely and i think if in doubt pray scripture you know pray jesus taught us how to pray so the lord's prayer is a good good starting point yeah um if in doubt go to the psalms pray through some of the psalms yes that's a great Um, one amazing prayers there amazing passages to use in prayer yeah yeah it is yeah psalm 91 a good psalm of protection to pray pray for people as well uh but yeah psalms is a great great way to go and i think that's that's a good reminder as christians how we can pray effectively and most importantly pray truth and life into the situation mm-hmm. whether it's ukraine or whether it's something we're facing at home or whether it's a situation in this country yeah that's a really 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 good reminder um well of course god knows he's the only one who truly knows what's going on he knows you know he knows every human heart better than we even know ourselves yeah so you know, we know it's a good thing to pray for peace. We know it's a good thing to pray against evil in whatever form it takes. It's not for us necessarily to know where exactly the evil lies or who is evil or who is good. Yes. But, you know, we can pray these things and ask that God's will be done and trusting that he knows. He knows. Yeah. And and praying, I think, as well, that... that, that... That we turn to Christ, that that people, whether it's in this country or or Ukraine or other situations, just see that their need of a savior, their need of rescue. Um, just or we often think back. We've mentioned it before on a podcast about the you know Jesus talking about the Tower of Siloam when it fell down and people died, and then there were some other Galileans who's blood pilot mixed with the sacrifice and they told this to jesus i guess expecting jesus to either be really cross or to you know i I say something that they were expecting to hear and i think he said what they weren't expecting to hear which was unless you two unless you repent you two likewise will perish and i think wowzers that is this is where we're at basically isn't it Mm -hmm. Uh, we should be praying for peace we should be praying for those things you mentioned, but we, and we should also be praying that people would turn to Christ and that we would be 
instrumental in that in some way as well. Yeah, that God would use us. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll link to some sources. It's not by any stretch of the imagination. It's not um, the definitive list, but it is a list to get you started if you want to try some alternative news sources. And in any of these particular um, things we're going to mention, so I'll read them out to you. So there's UK Column, there's Spiked, there's Spectator, Unheard, different papers i've not heard of that one people's opinions um telegram substack russell, russell brand he, he that's an interesting one joe rogan you've probably heard of him london calling the wee flea um david david what's his name david robertson, david robertson that's it he's in uh, australia ezra institute they're really good uh joe boot uh and the irreverend uh podcast so we'll link to these in the uh notes like i say Nobody here is going to get it exactly right, and that's okay. Uh, but dip into some of these um, and just give them, give them a try and 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 see see what you think. But all the time, be thinking critically for yourself um, and thinking, and most of all, line it up with you know, hold up the Bible and think, how does this fit with God's word? Because Jesus is coming back. And, uh, you know, well, you're listening to it now. There's no one closer than you to that point in time. So there you go. Have a think about that one. Um, so what are you going to finish with, Helen? Come on, you finish us off. Not literally. I, finish <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what I finish with. Um, I was thinking about the, um, you know, the the battle between good and evil and um in Ephesians, it talks about putting on the armor of God. And one of those bits of armor it talks about is the belt of truth. Mm. And, you know, we've been talking about truth and how important it is. And it's part of the armor that God gives us. Um, I think it's it's really important to seek after truth. And like we've said before, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And he is the truth. He's He is ultimately the source of all truth. And that's why it's important to to seek after truth. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a great one to finish. Yeah. The end of Ephesians. Uh, so go, go, go and look it up if you have a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, um, well, you can have a look online. But yeah, that's a really good one. Nice one. Thank you, Helen. Um, right. Well, we'll see you in the next podcast. We'll, we'll, try, and, we'll try and get some semblance of um, regularity about this. <laughs> And we'll try and get it on onto Apple as well because um, that's been a technical hitch. But yeah, great one. Thanks, Helen. Oh, Telegram channel. Oh Tell yeah, people. crumbs. Yeah, Telegram we always channel. forget that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we, we have a, we have a Telegram channel, so you're very welcome to uh, join that. We just put interesting things on there as we as we see them. It's not something that you will be bombarded with, but things that we think are helpful we will post on there so do um check that out and we'll put the link in the um uh, ever growing uh notes for this particular podcast cool <laughs> all right thanks helen see you next time okay bye <laughs> <laughs>